0: Bookworm's Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers Dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. All right. Well, this week... I wanted to talk about dressing your character when you're writing, but I want to stress that this doesn't mean you have to dress your character. A lot of people think, you know, less is more. Sometimes you don't have to. Some of the greatest stories don't reveal what the character might be wearing. You know, we might know more about what their color, the hair, or eyes and things. But this episode is if you want to dress your character's, I want to talk to you, Regina, because, first of all, is Gemini Rising available online at all?
1: Yes. It, it's on its own website, at least the last time I checked, <laughs> GeminiRising.tv. And then it's also on YouTube.
0: And is it free you, for people to view?
1: Yes. And it's on Vimeo, too. So okay. if you just... uh well, I'm gonna put. A,
0: I'm gonna put a link in the show notes because this will okay. give you a history of how great you are at fashion and oh, pe- period fashion because it's set in the 70s, okay. and that was one of the first things that struck me because it's a very indie production. And when I first saw it, I'm like, "This is another level," because of the care you took.
1: Yes. Well, I really cared about. The clothing on Gem- for Gemini Rising. Uh, fashion is a personal passion of mine, and I do work part-time as a costume wardrobe designer, assistant designer at a local theater. So I do have uh, some professional experience, but even before that, just in the way I've always been interested in clothes, it's something I notice. So when I'm writing, it's going to be an emphasis for me. And I think and I also notice it when I'm reading and I will notice it when I'm uh, watching TV shows, like when they get it really right. And sometimes when they get it wrong.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, if, if it gets it yeah. wrong, does that, that irk you?
1: Well, it kind of, sometimes it can distract me from the story. I've noticed the place where they get it wrong. Mostly is in hairstyling, although it's gotten better, but getting back to the costumes, I find that in fiction, Wardrobe can be a, a shortcut to a character. And I I really appreciate when when writers do it. I was just reading a, a book, uh, it's a reread that I'm going to be writing an article about for the next bookworms. Did you ever read The Cipher by Kathy Kojo? I don't think so. It's really good. It's it's it, but it's it takes place in the nineties and that kind of art school nineties scene mm-hmm. where people are wearing the big leather, long leather coats and the parachute pants kind of thing. And it's it's really good the way it, it, the details really help me to draw a picture in my mind about what these characters look like and who they are. Like it says a lot about a character if somebody, like if you have two people walking across the parking lot to the grocery store, let's say. And, and this is something I've seen in life. And you see one character or one person rather with baggy sweatpants which are most of the people in my town i must say baggy sweatpants and like slippers dragging like barely lifting their feet off the sidewalk wearing an old jacket smoking a cigarette you get a picture about maybe who this person is and that that doesn't mean that it's all it's always a negative thing right maybe and that's the best they got you know And so and then maybe you can see somebody dressed to the nines a, a woman in high heels and stockings and and a dress and a flowing coat and her hair done walking through the same parking lot, you might come up with a different picture of who she is. Now, it it doesn't always have to be on the nose like that. You can dress against type as well, which is interesting. But it does say something about who we are, what we wear.
0: And you brought up a lot of points that I wanted to talk about. One is it reveals the character's personality. You brought that up. Because, you know, an outerwear is outerwear, like it's a coat, but is it a fur coat versus, you know, a sports coat or something is going to be different. And that, why would that person wear that? So that's one thing. It definitely gives us a personality. The other thing is you just brought it up, dressed to the nines. It also helps us, does the character have money? Are they wealthy?
1: Yes.
0: Are they not wealthy? What What is it if you're describing their shoes and they have holes in it?
1: Yeah. And and you could have a, a millionaire who dresses in rags, like a Howard Hughes kind of character. Some people honestly don't care about clothes. I've met them every day of my life. You know, people who just, they don't, they don't put a lot of thought into it. And that says something about who they are. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I care too much about clothes. I'm always overdressed for every occasion. I just can't help it. It's just who I am. <laughs> but... I've gotten flack from it, you know. I've had people, you know, when I've, I've come into like work situations, and everyone's in jeans and I'm wearing a dress, and I get, what? Why are you dressed up? It's like this is how I dress. It's not. it's know, just you. I mean, don't te- get threatened.
0: Tesla used to wear the same thing because some people feel like it's a, it's making their brain make choices that they don't need to think about. And mm-hmm. so for Tesla, it was like, I'm going to have the same suit every day and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. It's literally this is what I'm wearing and that doesn't tax my brain at all.
1: Yes. And it is a bit of a cliche to have a genius yes. scientist be like that. But it's actually true in a lot of ways. I mean, my, my uh, brother-in-law is a genius, like literally a genius physicist. He, he has a Ph.D. from UVA. He's a professor. And this guy, he oh, the only reason he wears clothes is because it would be illegal to walk around naked, right? You know. And Joe was telling me, my husband was saying, when he was a when he was born, he something happened. He got a little paralysis on. I guess it was his his the right side of his brain. So he's got a little bit of like facial paralysis mm-hmm. that never went away, but his he became so left brain dependent that he just was like, he's just like a logical genius <laughs> physicist, but he could, he has no concept of aesthetics that are more of the artistic sense, like the way clothing would kind of fall into that that category. If you understand what I mean. Yeah.
0: And again, revealing the character's personality. Now, another thing you brought okay. up was the, then there's two things in this situation. You brought up that book where it was like the nineties art scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was that? Cypher? The cypher. The cypher. The cypher. Two
1: it's things, really good.
0: two things are happening there. One, we're going to discuss a little bit more in detail. The first one is a lot of times, if you're an art student, they're going to have their view of the world, you know, that point of view mm-hmm. of how they think in the world reflected in their clothes.
1: Exactly. Like think about it this way. You know those uh those t-shirts with has like the howling wolf on it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That were that were popular. They you saw them a lot at Walmart, you know, right. maybe 10 years ago. Well, somebody who wears that t-shirt because they like it and they bought it at Walmart is a lot different from the art student who's wearing it ironically. Right. Even though it's the same shirt. So you can make assumptions or the guy who wears the mullet, ironically, that that is then you can assume about that character that he he's actually he's probably educated. He's enough to know to he has enough knowledge to be ironic about it, you know, whereas for someone else, it's just a T-shirt. It's just, hey, I found it. It was clean. It was on sale. You know,
0: I I like wolves. I like wolves.
1: But it doesn't mean that one person's better than the other. It's just it reveals about who they are. It's like they can make assumptions about their level of education and other things about them.
0: That kid on the YouTube where he's like, I like turtles. You ever see that <laughs> video? That one.
1: No, is it like a viral video?
0: Yes, I'll have to send it to you. Oh, okay. right. uh, I had a dilemma because I was watching. There's a show on Netflix that I started watching and I'm enjoying it. It's called School Spirits. Have you heard of it? No. So it's like a teen type thing. But basically... Um, it begins with this girl who realizes she's dead and she died in her high school. And
1: Oh, teen spirit. So that's cute.
0: Well, yeah, it's called school spirit. but yeah, Oh, school spirit. So oh. she is um, in the school with anybody else who died in the school. So all the ghosts are there and they kind of have this ghost support group, which is really fun. Oh,
1: that sounds like fun.
0: But she doesn't remember how she died and it seems like it's a murder. So the whole series is there trying to figure it out. Now,
1: okay. the, the one premise.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, like, you've got to really suspend uh, this, belief
1: this belief with
0: yeah. a lot of the things that the ghosts do, because it's like, well, how can they interact with the world? You know, whatever, just don't worry <sighs> about that. But the character last night on the episode I was watching, uh, it's her best friend. It's this guy who's wearing a shirt that I own. And it's the one, it's the alien with the kids. And it says, don't talk to strangers. Okay. So I'm looking at it thinking, what is the, what are they trying to say about this character because he's wearing it? So one, it could be just that they have a deal with that, which is most likely the case. They have a deal with this company to... Oh,
1: it's like product placement?
0: Product placement, because it is a real shirt you can buy. So that's probably what's going on there. But if it isn't, are they trying to say something about this character? And what does that hmm. say about me? What do they think?
1: Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to know. What does that say about you?
0: Yeah. I guess I'm weird because the guy's a weird, like, nerdy guy, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, you're into nerd culture.
0: Yeah, so it definitely works. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, you wear T-shirts that have cool things that relate to sci-fi, horror stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm a T-shirt guy. And i mm-hmm. um a print, you know, like, graphic T-shirt guy. But let's jump back to the, the cipher. And the other thing, now, I don't know if it was written in the 90s. Or if it's kind of, it new and it was, it's set in the nineties or was it written during the nineties?
1: The cipher? Yes. uh, It was written in the nineties.
0: Okay. Now, if you were writing. It
1: really captures that. Like I went to art school when I was at theater school. My husband who was my boyfriend at the time was an art student. So I hung around in those scenes a lot. And this book, although I was in the early eighties, but this book really captures that feeling of the cruddy apartments and the crappy jobs that everyone has you know like it, it's really really good
0: right and i wanted to bring this up because if you're writing today about the 90s it's very important with car- with clothing about you know making sure you got the period correct now it might not matter if you're like they're wearing a jeans and t-shirt like whatever but if you're doing maybe a war story there's a, hmm. there's different fashion in a revolutionary war than world war II. That's important. Any type of historical fiction, when we talk about Gemini rising, and I'm going to put the link cause I want people to see how well you did this. And so how important was that when you were doing that, you could have saved some money and, and maybe faked it a little.
1: You know, that was a particular obsession actually was getting the clothing, right. And because I was a young teenager during that time period, I don't know, 12 or 13 or whatever, I re, I knew those clothes. And I did, also did a lot of research by just going into the old Sears catalogs, which mm. you can still reference on online, which are great. Wow, I'm that's, sure a, great, that's a great catalogs. reference. <laughs> wow, yeah, really I didn't is. even
0: think about that.
1: Sears catalogs are a great reference for everyday dress. And something to, re, to remind yourself when you're doing a period piece is not everyone, and you'll know this from... Being in the living through the 80s, not everyone had the crazy permed hairstyles. Like I, I well, I did, I have to say I did get a really bad perm once, and, and Joe never lets me forget it. But uh a lot of us didn't go that full full 80s look. You know what I mean? But there was because there was different levels. There was the the artsy 80s look, which is more of like a short haircut with a long black coat and it didn't really have that uh they weren't you weren't dressed like um david Lee Roth or something you know yeah and the there, same there, with there, the there's the, a lot of variety
0: And the same with like the 60s it was a it was a minority that were hippies you know like hmm. people were still like dressing 50s in the 60s and-, I mean,
1: and probably until i don't think that the hippie look became if you look at the Sears catalog, you probably see it happening in the like 1969, 1970s. Mm-hmm. It starts to turn.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think of that. Sears catalog would give you that idea. Like if you're like setting something in 63, you yep. don't know what they're wearing. That's great.
1: Yeah, and, and and watching movies from that time period. And even doing a contemporary story, like most most of us are writing contemporary. Costuming or describing the characters through clothing, I think is very important.
0: Yeah, with that in mind, we're going to use Carney as my example. Uh, I'm going to go through, we're going to, I have some things all highlighted through the book about Aurora's clothing. And uh, we're going to talk about that, why you made some choices. Um, So let's start with the first introduction of Aurora, Aurora Renata stretched out as if Sunning herself wore denim cutoffs, a lemon yellow bikini top with daisy accents over the breast, and mud-encrusted shit kickers.
1: Right, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> the shit kickers.
0: Yeah, so in this scene, she is meeting Dag for the first time, and they're about to cross over the river to get onto Burlington Island. And I guess that's why she would be wearing these shit kickers because they're already mud encrusted, right? Um, but this would be what you would wear to go on this island. But the other thing, the denim cutoffs, the lemon yellow. So
1: lemon yellow. I describe her a lot with like candy flavors. Like her, when he kisses her, she, she tastes like candy. Her perfume has a candy taste. I thought of her as like a. Well, she is kind of like bait like candy. And so I wanted to work that into the language in the description. So lemon yellow, it's kind of a, you know, it's a flavor. Mm -hmm. And the daisies over the breasts. I mean, I can't say I thought too deeply about it, but I like the image. And then when I think about it, it's like, well, it's seductive in that it's accenting her breasts and it's flowers too. So there's something innocent about it. And yeah. I think her character has kind of an innocent and seductive quality. So I wanted to uh convey that in if I just said she was dressed in jeans and a bikini top, it wouldn't have as much punch. But yes. that that they're cutoffs. Cutoffs to me, I don't know, you're a guy. I always thought cutoffs are a pretty sexy look. Uh, you know, like Daisy Dukes or whatever. And even when guys wore them, I mean, back in the 70s, <laughs> I, I don't think any guy ever wore swim trunks to the beach unless nope. he was nerdy. They all, it was always cut off. Yep, right?
0: I always wore cutoffs. This is our introduction to Aurora and you did make her like a tasty candy treat, right? But she doesn't go all out with the shoes, which is interesting. It's like, you know, we definitely have someone who's in the cutoffs, the bikini top and then shit kickers. Um, which gives us a little bit of like a playfulness to her. Uh, And the thing when you read this is Dag is absolutely, and I I feel it as a man reading this, the same temptations Dag is feeling Mm -hmm. throughout the book with Aurora until we get to the end and we'll get to that. But um, yeah, so because what's interesting is we could introduce them wearing We don't even have to have what their clothes are, but you chose to show what they're wearing and you have an unlimited amount of things you could choose. And this is what you chose. And you're right. It does give this temptation to this character because it's a bikini top and it's cutoffs. And you go on with that. Like Dag, when we're going through this scene, Dag is definitely seeing the cleavage or seeing her butt cheeks, you know, like we're seeing that stuff. So it was a very good choice for the introduction of her.
1: Well, I think introduction to any character is really important and any, all writers should, should think about that when they introduce, when you first see the character, it, not even just what they're wearing, but what, who is this character? What is the You know, they say first impressions are mm-hmm. very important. It's the same thing with your fiction writing. And you, you want to have a good introduction to an important character like uh with Aurora, I also had the the balloons tied to the boat.
0: that's correct,
1: which was a little bit of an homage to it, but mm-hmm. it also showed like a like a childlike quality to her, a playfulness. I thought it was 22.
0: 22 and what is Dagg's is he in his 40s? He's forty. All right, so Dagg's forty. so it is a big age gap, and it does have a sort of Lolita feel to it, although it's not a Lolita right 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 well uh,
1: she's like she's 20 like there are people and that's another thing you could have a, a very mature 22 year old who would never be wearing that outfit right you know right i mean like i remember once once when i was 15 a very being very naive wearing these very short white shorts that i had kind of gotten tighter cuz i had, you know filled out a little bit and uh, i i was uh I know I was some friends. And we went into a pool hall so with, with a lot of guys, you know, guys in their twenties and older and me just innocently like leaning over the pool table with my shorts on. And, you know, my friends being like, everyone's looking at your back. And I was like, Wow, what?" <laughs> you know, like, and it was like, that was like the first time when I I thought about, oh, wow. Like, like my mother wasn't there. She would have said something, but like innocently, they never thought that my shorts would be a problem. It was right. just damn hot that night. You know what I mean? So you can, you can wear those shorts in a provocative way, or you can be just innocently putting on a pair of shorts. Now, p- how people, per- other people perceive those shorts could be completely different. Right. Like, you know, I see you wearing those shorts. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to, you know, arouse all these men. And you know, <laughs> believe me, it was the furthest thing from my mind. But it's just funny how we I don't know I think there's so much so much depth to clothing there are some really excellent uh, feeds of people analyzing costumes and
0: All right let's jump to chapter 7 Okay Aurora's returning I guess this is the next time Dag sees Aurora So Dag turned to see Aurora threading through the small crowd of happy hour drinkers Gone were the daisy dukes Her slender legs poked out from a tight black dress that might have looked cheap on a less sensational figure. Her hair was a blonde cloud with pink streaked feathers of an exotic bird fanning her heart shaped face. Except for the dark makeup rimming her amber eyes, hers was a child's face or a doll's. Now we get into hair and makeup in this as well, Mm -hmm. but let first if, if you're young and you're listening, Daisy Duke's uh, Daisy Duke was a <laughs> yeah. character on um, the Dukes of Hazard. It was an '80s TV show, and she was the sister Daisy Duke, and she wore these really short cut-off jeans. Uh, and that's and she had that's
1: a sensational figure.
0: Yes, and she because she wore those those cut-off shorts became called Daisy Dukes. Why don't you talk about that? Why is she in your mind showing up? In a in this tight black dress versus something else.
1: Well, I think this is her idea of what sophistication looks like. Mm. You know, and the, and the fact that I mentioned that it was cheap, that that says something about her level of financial. You know, she's not. She doesn't have a lot of money, right? So she, so she's somebody who could go into, and we know people like this. Go into a thrift store and come and if you're creative, you can come up with a great outfit. And I've done this before many times for very little money. Or you can shop in one of those cheap stores at the mall. If you have a certain first of all, if you have a good body, you look good in anything, basically. But uh I wanted to show that she was always surprising him with like she's always kind of coming up with a new outfit, and she's a creative person. And, uh, you know, she's kind of an artsy girl in her own way. And to me, somebody who is always changing their hair color, which she does throughout the book. Her hair becomes weirder as you might as we get closer
0: to corny. uh,
1: Right. When she gets the bozo kind of look. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's it says something about someone who's constantly changing their hair color versus somebody who has, has had the hair same hairstyle for their entire adult life.
0: Okay. Well, now we're jumping to, I don't know what chapter we're in. I think we're in chapter nine. This is a really short Aurora clothes change. Okay. Um, but I have a question here. She wore stonewashed jeans and a zebra print t-shirt that clung to her breasts. So again, we got her being
1: her breasts. Yeah,
0: <laughs> revealing, uh, but why does it matter that it's stonewashed jeans?
1: Ugh, that's an interesting question. I mean, honestly, when I write this stuff, I don't think about it that deeply. But uh, stonewashed jeans were popular back in the 80s. And then they had a resurgence of popularity a few years ago. Do you remember that? hmm Like the acid-washed jeans. Yeah,
0: acid-washed, stonewashed, yep. Yeah.
1: That was like a thing. And I think it says to her that she has like a sense of retro style. Right. And it's kind of an eighties look, the zebra print t-shirt kind of with something like, like Blondie would wear.
0: Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it too. Mm Yes. Definitely this retro look she came in wearing, but I think it's important though, how you made that different, that, you know, that, uh, the point of saying stonewashed jeans, because I think a lot of people will always just say jeans. And remember, there are so many different types of jeans.
1: There are very ma- many different types of jeans. And I think they do say something like if, if the character's wearing mom jeans. Uh huh. Now you could wear mom jeans because you're a, you know, 45 year old mom and that's, that's the jeans you wear. Or you could be a, uh, 20 or, not that you can't be a hot 45-year-old, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> you can be a, a hot 20-year-old and you're wearing them ironically. Right. Because that became a thing. In fact, the jeans style now, I don't wear it because I'm way too old to pull this off, but they're, they're kind of like those, the girls are wearing like high-waisted, really baggy jeans now. Do you, you know what I'm talking yes. about? And I think it looks good on them. It's not really right for me. But I'm still stuck at wearing my Levi's, which are kind of like a classic look or, you know, what I I do wear like skinny jeans, but that's that's considered kind of out now. But I don't care. (laughs) That's what I'm wearing. But even that that says a lot about you or if you're wearing. I don't know, like designer jeans versus basic jeans you buy at the Sears.
0: Right, because diesel is a brand, I believe, of jeans. Mm -hmm. And they're very expensive. Yeah. Like for me, I'm not spending money on jeans. Like that's to me, it should be cheap. Um, But say somebody walking in with diesel jeans, right? Uh, Right. That's saying something different or versus somebody wearing Wrangler. I know. Right, you I laugh. Love
1: Wrangler, <laughs> but, I, I, I laugh, but Wrangler is classic. You know that actually, Wrangler is like fool again. I think, or at least I'm saying it's. Fool.
0: I don't know if it but is, but I'm saying there, there is there, there a, is something about Wrangler that you uh, you know it says something about that character.
1: I know, and I love it. Uh, a few years ago, there was a, a style called Normcore.
0: Mm, I don't know Do that you know one. What
1: that is? No, Normcore was something. It's probably. In the early 2000s, mid two thousand, you know, whenever, like 2005, and five, six, something like that, uh, where the chic kids in the know were wearing really boring clothes, like uh, basic sneakers, not no designer stuff, mm-hmm. with uh, like capis, khakis from the Gap. Something that Jerry Seinfeld would have worn in the 90s, like the white sneakers, the Levi's, and just the basic T-shirt or shirt. That's yeah. normcore. So somebody could wear that and just be like, you know, buy their clothes at a thrift store or someone could be high fashion and wearing that in, as a fashion statement. Exactly. That's the difference. I mean, when I wrote my book, Fashion Victims, I really got into this stuff because it, it was set in the world of fashion. So the details I put into the the clothes were much more <laughs> defined than than in Carney, I think, but even like in Carney, when I have uh, uh, Ivy Dag's mom wear her preppy golfing outfits, mm-hmm. that says something about her character. So, and not, not everybody gets this stuff, but I like to have it there.
0: Think about it when you're writing about jeans. Are they ripped? Are they not ripped?
1: Uh, like, are they ripped on purpose, or did you rip them because you're working on a farm?
0: In high school, teenagers used to, like, write on their jeans. What about button fly versus zipper? Ah. Uh, you know? Especially if you're doing a yeah. scene that is, the pants are coming off for whatever reason. That yeah. That's something to think about. Because yep. somebody who wears button fly is a different person than someone who's going to have a zipper. That's
1: true.
0: We're jumping over to where there's a party on the island. And now I'm going Mm -hmm. to jump to Dag because we've been talking a lot about Aurora and Dag felt instantly old and square in his rumpled dad jeans. There we go. Mm -hmm. And and striped button down. He rolled up his sleeves as he neared the group. So I've one question. When he rolls up his sleeve, is he trying to feel like, is that him trying to feel young again? Yeah, I think. Because that's an 80s thing.
1: I think it. Something like that. Like I said, I don't. I don't know how much I analyze it in the moment when I'm writing, but thinking about that, probably to loosen up his look, number one, and number two, to show off his arms a little bit, because he's the type of guy who's always going to feel his manliness or manhood threatened by whatever other man is in the group.
0: And that is what's happening in this scene, right? So. Um,
1: So he's got to be like, I'm going to show off my guns, but maybe not think about it uh, consciously.
0: Right. And I I brought this up just to there's another reason you might want to talk about clothing in a story. And you did this throughout the book. This is the only time I bring up Dag, but you bring this through the book is to show a difference between these two characters. And we definitely, as I said last week, the Preppy and the unicorn, we see that throughout the book
1: yes there's a big difference between dag the way dag dresses and the way keen dresses so uh and and keen is uh described as uh chris gaines (laughs) isn't that the the name of the uh garth brooks alter ego chris gaines
0: i didn't know that was a thing no i don't know (laughs) you're asking the wrong person see
1: see that's in that's in the book not everyone's going to get that but you don't know that who Chris Gaines is. <laughs> no, hilarious. I know
0: who Hannah Montana is. And uh, and Miley Cyrus. I never right. knew that Garth Brooks well, had an alter ego.
1: Yes, his name's Chris Gaines, and he's got he's got like a soul patch and he has like he has this real emo look with eyeliner and <laughs> hair. It's, it's so funny. Wow.
0: But I want to bring up something else else you said that you didn't consciously sometimes write this as he rolled up his sleeves. But that's how our subconscious is working behind the scenes. So trust that when that's happening, because, you know, when you do this, it is something that made a difference why he's rolling up his sleeves. To me, I know that um, there's a great Buffy episode. It's very early on where Giles is trying to convince Buffy that she can spot vampires and Mm -hmm. they're at the club and he's like, just look around, feel like he's trying to make it like use the force type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. but she's like there's one and he's like how do you know and he's like look at that outfit uh he's got his sleeves rolled up he looks like de barge like it was all about the fashion that she picked out that he was a vampire because right. nobody would be caught dead wearing that today
1: right and this is a vampire
0: who hasn't changed his look since the 80s right <laughs> he's <laughs>
1: so sporting the eighties.
0: yeah and well uh, think
1: about thinking yeah. your great 80s vampires. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Lost Boys. I'm sure you love that too. I do. And the costumes in that are fantastic. Yeah. I know when I write, I'm visualizing my scenes in my head and it's it's more of like I'm recording what this character would do. How this character dresses. I, I see it. So I, I can see Dad in his shirt doing that because he's feeling threatened or whatever.
0: Right. Do you... Go to Pinterest and like, if you're thinking about something somebody could wear and just look up a bunch of different images and get ideas that way.
1: I know some writers do mood boards like on Pinterest or actual physical mood boards. I've seen, I know Grady Hendrix has taken photographs of his workspace and his entire wall is filled with photos and references and things like that. I think that's really cool. I usually don't do that, but I do look things up sometimes. I, I would like to do a mood board. Maybe I'll do that on my next project. But, yeah, definitely I've looked things up and, and get an image of, like when I was when I was describing Keen, I definitely pulled up Chris Gaines.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got to look at it. you will die loud.
0: I'll look it up. So at this point in the book, Aurora's getting – I don't know, like really getting in a bad way, like visually not looking so good. And the relationship is souring between Dag and Aurora. And we see her and you don't talk too much, which I'm glad. Like you don't, you don't have to be talking every time the character shows up what they're wearing. You know, like you do it really. Yeah. Don't overdo it. You do it really well where we get a sense of her. And then it's not there. We we see more of her deterioration in her body and her mm-hmm. face, but not so much. We don't see much. And that's nice. And then when you do bring up what she's wearing, uh, this is near the end. Her bare legs were tucked beneath her sweater, stretching out the knit with her knees, which is nice she's not wearing pretty much anything but a sweater that is being stretched out. And we know what this looks like. You know, she's got her knees up to her chin and the sweaters pulled over, you know, um, Uh this really gives you this sense of she doesn't even care about what she's wearing at this point.
1: Right. Yeah. And yet she's always kind of showing that she's not wearing underwear. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's always that sense of like, you're so close to maybe hooking up. Right. But at this point, Dag's really not, you know. He's
1: starting to move on.
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting. It's very short, very simple, but it gives us this, and when you're reading it, you'll, you'll get that. You'll get why mm-hmm. she's in this place where she's just like kind of in a trance almost trying to get this show on the road, like to put on this right. big show at the end. And when she does put on the big show at the end, we have this. She wore a shiny red bustier of some plastic material. Tightly laced, it honed her waist to a tiny 20 inches at most and pushed her breast into a gravity-defying shelf of split flesh. That's so good.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: The fluffy skirt, more of a tutu, puffed out over long legs encased in black fishnets. The entire edifice was held up by shiny red spiked heels. Now this is at the end of the book. There's the big event, and it's kind of a clownish. It's kind of like a Harley Quinn
1: uh-huh.
0: style look. Can you talk a little bit about this? Because you could have kept this very simple, but this has almost a whole paragraph of of this outfit.
1: Yeah, this this one was a little more in detail because I kind of wanted, I wanted it as if he's looking at her from top to bottom, bottom to top. Oh yeah, and taking this whole look and she she obviously really put a great effort into her outfit which also says about something about the character where before she was just putting any old sweater on and probably hadn't bathed in a couple days yep and now she's completely done up in this very extreme look that put that you know put a lot of time into because this event is very important to her this is what she's been looking forward to. For months and it's finally there and she has a very overly sexy look in, in some ways like i feel like she's crossed the line at this point from maybe where she was innocent more innocent before she's completely kind of um corrupted <laughs> at this point not that you're if you dress like that i'm not judging it doesn't mean somebody who dresses like that should be harassed or anything but it if, if i even if i dressed up now like that and walk down the street. I'm going to get get some attention. It just it's just the way it is. All right. But and if you dress that way, you'd really get some I'd attention.
0: really get attention, that's right. Uh just so our listeners know, cosplay does not mean consent. So
1: Oh, right.
0: That's a uh thing in the convention circuit that a lot of people have just seen these women dressed in certain ways and they go a little crazy and Uh, violate their space. And so there's this thing says cosplay is not consent. Um, So, yeah, oh
1: that's good. That's good because I know some of those conventions have had problems.
0: Yes. If you haven't read Carney, go check it out. I think it's a a good exercise in learning uh, how you can dress your characters. But I think we learned actually quite a bit. The Sears catalog is a huge uh, bonus for you listeners, go check that out. And then when it comes to des- describing, how do you learn? How can someone learn more about this? Now, you've been doing this for years, but how can they learn certain types of clothing uh, instead of just saying a bra? You know what I mean? Like, or, Right, or,
1: well, uh, there are different types of bras. I mean, just think yes. about it. A sports bra is a different bra than a lacy push-up bra. I mean, it's it's this. It's a world of difference, and I, I would think like visualize. I would use just visualization as much as possible. Visualize what your character is wearing, and if if you if you find yourself always just saying, "Oh, they're just wearing a basic this, a basic that," I would really question that because if you look carefully, you can you can see. Very few people wear just basic stuff or norm core stuff. There's always something that is a giveaway of of a personality or a character, a character flaw, perhaps a good quality. A, it can mean a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, I think a good and, exercise is get a notebook and maybe go people watch. Go people watch at Walmart and take notes, yes. then go, p- people watch it somewhere that you might think it's fancy, and take notes, or just go into New York City or whatever city's near you, and people watch, and write down. Now, you might say somebody's wearing sweatpants. Look at somebody wearing spa- sweatpants. Is there a stain on it? Is there mm-hmm. stripes? Is there uh, something written on the butt?
1: Right. Well, like, I was sitting behind a guy at church the other day who had a Christmas sweater on with uh, guns, like AR-15s, <laughs> like Making like a cross. That told me something. I wow. I don't know what it told me. That told me I needed to move my seat maybe. but That's uh, like
0: a character right there. That's like a great way of like somebody who would wear that is making a statement in a church on Christmas. Like that's interesting.
1: Or maybe it's not a statement at all. Maybe he got that as a gift and it was cold that day. Like some people really, they just grab whatever. But that's also tells you something about their character, but, but sure. People do. I mean, I also think people who uh, wear t-shirts with slogans on them. I'm not talking like what you wear, like, you know, like Godzilla, nerdy Godzilla, but I, I mean like political slogans yeah, or, or this kind of thing. They're, they're trying to trying to like, there was a quote from a, What's her name? Fran Lebowitz who said, if I don't want to talk to you, what makes you think I want to hear from your t-shirt?
0: Well, you know, this happened during COVID. Wearing a mask or not wearing a mask became a political statement. Mm-hmm. And so that if you're writing in that type of world, that can help too. Not just like, you know, why were they not wearing a mask? And If you're writing in that, in that time period, that wouldn't matter.
1: Right. Or what kind of mask did was it? Oh, like that's another
0: great thing. Yeah. Like,
1: did grandma make it? You know, and put your name on it. There's all kinds of there's no end, but I would say one piece of advice is like you pointed out in Carney, I would I would not I would say the head-to-toe look for a moment that has that needs that kind of punch. When throughout the book it the snippets are are better. You don't want to constantly describe the character, uh, in one long paragraph, like what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like, the, what the, uh, like you don't want to walk into the room and then you describe every detail of the room, like, like you're, uh, decorating. That's but right. when the character, but when the character pulls up a chair, you can say he pulled up the, uh, the folding Uh, folding chair, the plastic deck chair, or whatever the chair, or the the Chippendale priceless Antique, whatever that chair is, that can then be part of the scenery. But spread it out a bit and work it into the action. And the same with the clothing, like, you know, she adjusted her sports bra beneath her t-shirt when she was nervous or something, like something like that, that that can... Or he noticed she wasn't wearing a bra when she when she turned and said goodbye, like things like that. It, it's uh,
0: yeah, even even like your real life story. If you had a character who's fifteen and she walks into the pool hall and says, "I re-, and regret it wearing her cut off shorts," you
1: right. know,
0: instantly regret it when the eyes hit her, you know, um, right? Or like you said, realize that she had power mm-hmm. by just choosing an outfit. Um, so, exactly.
1: Well, there is a lot of there is a lot of power in in dress and undress, but it, it's. I mean, that's what fashion is all about.
0: It's so. It's, it is. It, I enjoyed this episode because I think it's. It's just so fun. There's so much you can it do. It's fun.
1: And so it's fun. And I think, like you said, people watch. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily tell you to take pictures of people, you know, <laughs> unless you're real sneaky about it, but start putting a snapshot together of what your character wears and, or, I mean, here's a good one that this is pretty basic, but watch the breakfast club. Yeah. That movie, how each of those characters are dressed says a lot about who they are. Well, it's that interesting a bit that on the nose, but yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's in the school spirits series on Netflix, the, the people who are ghosts all died at different periods. So they all are wearing something related to that time period. There's a guy who died in the eighties or teenage. They're mm-hmm. all kids. They're all students. Uh, some, someone died a long time earlier than that. So they're all in the clothes they wore when they died. So mm. that's fun. Um, that is fun. So, yeah. So you got a lot of homework to do Sears catalog. You could actually look at the Sears catalog and do a, like a little, try to write a paragraph of what one of the characters is wearing in this year's catalog. Uh, right. Take notes when you're people watching um, go do uh, if you have Scrivener, they have a whole section. You can just drag those photos that you were talking about, Regina into I know. the character I area.
1: I use Scrivener too. And I, I have not used that feature and I really should.
0: Yeah. It's great if you are like, I do it for locations as well.
1: Yes, I do. I do locations a lot.
0: We'll be back in a week with a new episode.
1: All right. See you then.
0: All right. Bye-bye. All our links are in the show notes. And we'll be back next week with a new episode.